Hello and welcome to the Cat Maste Chronicles podcast. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from pet owners about their projects, businesses and ventures. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, founder of Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with pet owners to chat about their individual journeys and of course, their beloved pets. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Cat Mass Day Chronicles podcast. This week I'm joined by Marianne Lee, who grew up in China and came to the UK at just 17 years old to follow her dreams and pursue a career in acting. Marianne is currently a student at the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama, where I also studied for my master's degree. Um, She also happens to be a huge cat lover too. Marianne has been doing some exciting things while studying at Central, including getting a taste for directing and writing. I'm so excited to hear what's on the cards next for Marianne and, of course, about her sweet cats. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast, Marianne. I briefly introduced you, but if you could tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Um, okay, so I'm second year moving to third year doing BA Acting CDT, uh, which stands for Collaborative and Device Theatre. Um, yeah, and I'm 24 years old. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a girl from, not a girl, woman from, from <laughs> Beijing. Yeah, I came here when I was 17 and, did, you know, just, just study here and uh, been here ever since. And I have a bingo cat, yes. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, that must have been uh, quite a transition, I guess, um, coming from um, Beijing to um, London. So let's talk about where it all began. When and why did you si- decide, sorry, that you wanted to become an actress? I think from a very young age, I had this desire to be on stage or just do something related to drama um, I I I won't say my childhood is, is was very exciting. So I was alone most of the time. Uh, my father was away, and uh, my mom was mm, not always there either. But they 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 got me. They borrowed me lots of books, mm. like those um um like children fictions books children novels and magazines for children they have lots of stories on them so I just spend my time reading those mm-hmm. books and I found they're really fascinating all those stories so fascinating so I always I found myself always imagining I'm one of those characters and I start dress up like those characters start behave like those characters which is like like a character doing to start doing character analysis since mm-hmm. a young age. Um, I don't know why I'm so fascinated by them. I guess those things are the only entertainment I had when I was a child. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and then and then when I grew up a little bit when I was in middle school in China, I thought, gosh, I really want to become an actor, you know, like in, in 
if I have another life in another world, if all things become possible, I really want to become an actor. But being an actor uh, in China means you need to be really pretty and you need to know people, you need to you know, have family members are in that industry already so they can help you. But not my family are in the uh, sort of uh, acting industry and um, and I, I wasn't pretty like a it sounds really sad or something, but it's just the fact that I wasn't pretty and I was quite, um, I was just not confident enough. I wasn't confident enough to even to say people that, to tell people I want to become an actor. So I kind of was kind of just like hold my desire being an actor at the bottom of my heart. And then I got this chance when I, when I, when I was in high school in China, my father was just saying, look if you want to go abroad to to study abroad you can you don't have to stay in China I was like oh great and let me come to UK because the UK has a very very nice theatre industry and I came here and did A level here and did theatre and uh, drama and theatre studies and I still really really enjoyed it I quite love it and then yeah, sorry. What was the question? <laughs> it's, just about, it's just about where it all began. So yeah, it's just about your that's how it began. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and why you decided that you wanted to do acting. But yeah, that all makes sense. And I think for me, I can really relate to that because I I've done acting as well, and I always wanted to do it as from as young as I can remember. I was so I my mum told me that I would perform at every opportunity I kind of had. So you know the tube, like um, in London, you can take the tube. Um, If it was busy, I would get up from the seat and just start performing to all of the people (laughs) on the tube. (laughs) I would love to met you. Oh my gosh. It's so embarrassing when I think about it, but like, I don't know why. I just loved performing. I just loved the attention and people would laugh. And they would think it yeah. was cute, but like <laughs> honestly, free entertainment on the team, on boring team journey. You made them so happy. You made their days. <laughs> oh, I hope so. But yeah, like you, it started off with books as well. Like I was really into reading books. I think because I was like an only child in a way. So I do have a sister, but she's much older than me. She's 17 years older than me. So um I was like an only child really so I like you just had books and when I would read the books like I'd think about the whole world it was like a movie in my mind yeah I would picture how everything looks what the character looks like and all of this stuff and I became really fascinated with it in a way maybe even obsessed um, a little bit about certain books but um, yeah I think that's really how it, it does begin for anyone who really loves acting. I think that's the best way to start is to to read books. Yeah. When, when I was, um, so I wrote an essay while I was doing psychology um, mm-hmm. about like this, the, you know, do actors have certain traits? Like uh, can we predict what sort of people are going to become actors in, in their later life? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the traits is, uh, you know, actors normally, well, since a young age, they started to read lots of uh, fictional books mm-hmm. compared to, you know, very factual, scientific books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just an interesting ah. thing. When I, was, when I was writing that essay and doing research, I was like, hey, that's that's me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And that's you too. 
Yeah, exactly. It's interesting when you were talking about um, how acting is viewed in China as well and that you kind of need to know people. I guess it's similar here where, you know, people say it's always good to know someone in the industry, but you don't necessarily need to know someone here in the industry to kind of like make it into acting. It's purely mostly on talent you know, there yeah. are some superficial things where for particular roles, it might be about looks, but I think it, it's more open in terms of they're just looking for the talent rather than how pretty someone is. Yeah. I was quite surprised by that. Yeah, I do find that's a, that's a big difference between the, uh, the the British industry and Chinese industry. It's still like like China, China, the the, the Republic of China is is a very young country, mm. and it has its long you know long history. But like compared to, it's still developing country compared to Britain, which yeah. is a developed country. There's um the 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 art industry is certainly is is it's like a baby is is mm. trying to find its way to become mature. And uh, and and you know, and at, at the moment, China does the the whole industry does feel like it puts a lot of weight on how people uh, the the appearance of the actors rather than the acting skills. And but I think it will definitely change. It will definitely change. And there's so many. It's just so many people in China. And if you want to get to Get into a drama school in China. You're competing with you know, fifty thousand people every year. Wow, it's really horrifying. That's why I was like, "There's no way I can become an actor in China." Yeah, yeah, you made a good choice. So, what was it like coming to the UK for the first time at seventeen? Had you been before, or was it like the complete first time you've been here? Um. So when I. I uh, I did travel around the UK before when I was in when I was in middle school, so like a 12, uh, 13, 14, yeah, around that age. And then my I have two cousins. They're they're both older than me, and they came to the UK to do their undergraduate oh. and then uh, master. So they they knew UK quite well, and they always when they when whenever they came back to China and they tell me their experience in the UK. I was like, you know, I have been to the UK before. I know, sort of, I quite enjoyed the the just just the feeling, the vibes the UK gave me. So that's why I was why I was deciding which country I want to go to keep um, to continue my study. I was like, mm, I, I enjoy UK. Let me come to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, and and especially London. This is like, I guess, the home of theatre. There's so many options. Yeah, were different types of theatre in London so yeah it's, it's a great place to be yeah it's a it's a fantasy land it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's it feels so good it is um so before you actually wanted to study acting you actually studied a degree in psychology which is really yeah. interesting <laughs> but why did you decide to study this topic in particular um I think it's 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 Mainly for my parents to feel secure about okay. me. 
<laughs> you can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I think I, I've, I've had a few people on this podcast who said the same thing. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a reality. Actors and they don't normally get jobs. <laughs> Need to find another way to you know um, survive. Exactly. So my, and um, my 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 father is a is a is a scientist. So he is always quite like he he doesn't really know much about actors and the creative industry. So he's also like, oh, I'm not sure if you can, you know, really <laughs> be an actor or like, you know, have enough money to fit yourself. How about you do a proper degree first so mm-hmm. you can, you know, you can have a backup way. I was like, yeah, sure. I think I think it's a it's a like a um realistically speaking i think it's it is a beneficial thing to do a degree yeah absolutely and yeah so i i chose psychology just because i think psychology is beneficial to acting as well absolutely yeah Mm, yeah that's why i do psychology yeah no actually before i went to study at central i Mm -hmm. studied education culture and society and Mm -hmm. um that also touched on of course education but um sociology and psychology as well so Mm -hmm. i found that really interesting and it's interesting how you've kind of linked that as well to acting because it's about people and I think with acting is also about people you know you need to understand behaviors and mm-hmm. why people act a certain way and you can really I think channel even deeper when you think about the psychological elements of a person yeah totally totally and sociology must have uh, have some respect yes. which yes. helpful to acting as well Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. <laughs> After completing your degree, you decided again, um, we've mentioned earlier, this time to do, as you've mentioned, the collaborative and devised acting at yeah. um, the Royal Central School of Speech and Drama. So can you just expand a little bit more about what that is, what that course is about, and also what was that experience like for you at Central? Oh, that course, my course. <laughs> I'm not saying that because I'm on this course, but I do think my course is the most amazing course, uh, acting course oh. in the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's, 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 it's um, um, okay, the founder of this course, um, our, um, our teacher, uh, Catherine Alexander, she works with this theatre company called Complicity. Mm-hmm. which is a devising theatre company. And uh, they just, you know, I, I studied them while I was doing A-level uh, theatre studies. They, so their, their technique is it, through games, through improvisation. They uh, um, build up a whole play, which is really just so amazing like so many creativities you can throw in so there's no not a script there's nothing limited you um when you put on this play well what they will be towards the end but initially it just you know play and explore and so my course is is based on that based on the complicity theater and then the whole structure of the course is is developing you a student as as an actor but also a director a writer a theater producer a theater maker just just 
just inspire you to be creative all the time and don't just limit yourself as being an actor. Because I'm sure you know that being an actor in this industry means that you follow other people's idea. Like when the director tells you what to do, you do what the director do. And uh, okay, maybe I'm sound, maybe I made it sound too <laughs> to worry me, but but I do I do feel like purely just an actor, there's limited amount of creativity you can bring to a project. Yeah. And um, and um, and uh, our teacher Catherine always says the future for the theater industry is you, you can't you can't really find much job just purely being an actor. So you know you got to if you can produce your own work, then that gives you more opportunities and more work to do. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I agree. I agree with that because it's tough. But I think a lot like when I look at some of my favorite actors on TV mm. um, and um, Elizabeth Moss is one of them, actually, she's um, the main character in The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if mm-hmm. you've heard of it. Anyway, she's amazing. But when I've noticed, when I've looked at, because I always look at credits at the end sometimes, because I'm just mm-hmm. intrigued. Um, mm-hmm. And I've noticed that she has um, directed a few episodes as well, which is interesting mm-hmm. when you think about directing scenes that you're also in. Mm, yeah, it adds a completely different element, and I really enjoy the episodes that she's directed more because uh-huh. I don't know why. I just feel like it's it's her, and I can see that really come across in the direction of that episode. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's always good, and I and I always see like a lot of top actors also touching in on producing and directing as well because I think it comes naturally. You know, you become curious and you want to be involved in those kind of creative um, inputs as well. Yeah, because uh, you know, actors when 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 they're playing a the character, they are in this fantasy imaginary world already. So. It's it's yeah. So it's not and, and as director as well. They they all need to be in the, in this world to navigate how how this is gonna be, how this is gonna look like. Yeah, I do think actors and directors and the writer they're all linked together. Yeah, absolutely. In a way. Yeah, no, definitely, and you can tell. Um, when it's a really good tight team, when something is just amazing like you can tell that everybody you know really collaborated it's a whole collaborative um, effort and just like the title of your course you know collaborative and devised I think it's so important to have collaborations within the creative industry um, because like you mentioned it's just so hard as an individual as one person to do something by yourself yeah, and the whole idea of theatre is, you know, people coming together, working together, mm. put on show or a film or TV, just by yourself. Exactly, exactly. Um, I first discovered you on a central blog post about young writers at the Kiln Theatre. Okay, yeah. yeah. Can you tell me about how you were involved in that project? Okay, so that was, I was really, really lucky. So it was it was during Christmas time, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, we got this email. Um, so the Kion was doing this young writer project, and they specifically were looking for 
um, and young people who has who who have no writing experience. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they're trying they're, they're trying to train those young people and uh, how to how to how to write a play. And I saw that email. I was like, "That's such a good opportunity." Yeah. I got to, you know, you, I got if I got to be taught how to write, and you got to pay me as well. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was like, definitely apply for that. And um, so I applied for that, and uh, I was quite ac- luckily being chosen to be one of the ten um, young people to write a short play for the queue at the end of the course. And uh, during the course. Uh, the old course leader got Tom Wright uh, from Kieran Theatre, and um, he's a writer as well. He's a very experienced writer, and he taught us, um, you know, how to how how just basically how to write a short play. And uh, and I was like, yeah, okay, okay. The, what you're saying all makes sense. But how am I writing? How am I going to write a short play? Mm-hmm. And towards the end, why why I do need to start to write my play? Um, to be honest, I, I actually didn't really struggle that much. Okay. It's it's just like, it's like you start from free writing. You just write whatever. You just, I think the hardest part is to start it. Sorry? It comes naturally. Yes, yes. Um, I won't say naturally. Naturally sounds too talented for me. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I think the hardest part is how to, how do you start it? How do you mm-hmm. convince yourself? to sit in front of your desk and say, okay, I'm going to start to write this play. Um, yeah, and, but once you started, um, you, just, you just keep going. And, uh, and the key point I learned from Tom is, you know, writing anything is, or maybe not anything, okay. Okay, writing a play is all about editing. Mm-hmm. You, you can't expect, and no one can write their first draft very good. You just keep editing it, editing, editing it. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm talking too much, am I? No, no, not at all. It's a process, isn't it? So it's something that you can, and I think each time you go back to it, you can add another element and then it starts to really come together. Yeah, yeah, or delete the things which are not necessary. Yeah, exactly. So I'm intrigued. What did you, what was the um, play about that you wrote? Oh, the play. <laughs> um, I went a little bit ambitious to wrote this play, which is based on a true thing that happened in China last year. Mm-hmm. So it's about this um, this uh, um, very high profile, very um, successful middle-aged man mm-hmm. um, who adopt a little girl as his daughter, but then literally revealed that they had uh, a sexual relationship oh. and uh, yeah like it's a big scandal but there's there's a little there's a twist in this story is that little girl lied about her age so she can be adopted by this very successful man and uh, so she can have you know have a have a very luxurious life mm-hmm. um, and then the whole public was starting with accusing that man for being a pedophile to accusing that girl of lying her age. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like quite complicated storyline, um, but it does reveal lots of uh, problems, which is very specific to the Chinese society. And uh, that's why I decided to write it because I feel, I feel 
you know, what what can I as a trans person talk about in 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 Britain? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I the thing I can bring, which is new and which is um, which I know can be come from, coming from a truthful place is talking about my own society, my, my home society and my home culture. And uh, I do find because of the political tension between, you know, China and the, uh, the well, rest of the world, honestly, um, there's the, the media doesn't always portray, doesn't really focus on uh, what it's like in China. Mm. And uh, and there's you know there's a huge cultural difference between China and the UK, mm. and I just feel like maybe some people would be interested to know a completely different culture, and uh, to know China without thinking the political aspect of China. It's so true, and I would love, I would actually really love to watch that. That sounds so interesting. Like if I read it on a website or on a flyer, I would think, oh my gosh, I want to get tickets. This sounds really good. So yeah, no, I love that. And actually it leads on to my next question so well, which is like, you know, do you think the UK theatre could be more inclusive and diverse in terms of including more international actors and playwrights? And I think the answer is, you know, pretty obvious, of course, (laughs) because um, like you said, you get to explore things that you wouldn't know. Like I didn't know, I don't know much about China. I just know what I kind of see in the media. So it would be interesting to really understand um, about your country and culture and from you because it's authentic because that's where you're from so you know I think that would be really really beneficial if the UK theatre industry did include you know more international actors what do you think about that? I don't think the UK has the uh, the UK definitely is one of the most inclusive country or the industry is, is very inclusive okay um, it definitely can be more inclusive uh, but I think I think UK is actually at a, a good place right now okay. um, yeah I think it also also depends on the market if there's no market for it then obviously it won't be very encouraging for for uh, you know international people to to express their creativity um, I think from my side, what I'm thinking of is like, for example, I'm thinking about the demographic of people who actually attend the theatre as well. If there is more playwrights um, from other cultural backgrounds, then more people from other different cultural backgrounds will attend the theatre and it wouldn't just be that particular same demographic that attends the theatre all the time. That would be, you know, it would expand more and be more open and inclusive for more people to genuinely be interested and want to attend the theatre. Yes, yes, you yeah, I absolutely absolutely agree. Um I was thinking about I was kind of limiting my mindset into just thinking about if you know international theater will be appealed to British audience. And uh, I just forgot, yeah, if you make your theater more inclusive, more international, there will be more inclusive, like uh, there will be more various audience come to watch the play. Yes, totally. Absolutely. Actually, you know, the Shakespeare's um, Globe, 
they yeah. actually have um i think it's during the summertime i can't remember but they actually have like an international event i think where they actually mm-hmm. have different plays in different languages which is really interesting so oh, yeah. yeah yeah you should check it out um I don't, i'm not sure if they still do i know i saw it like a few years ago and i thought wow mm-hmm. that's such a good idea yeah that's it is such a good idea i do know like a lot of um well lots of um my friends in uh, home they do they're very interested in shakespeare but they're just so scared of the language mm. and uh, the translation always you know even the translation doesn't really get the real yeah. grab and real juice of the language yeah. and so it's kind of make shakespeare really boring to read which is yeah. a shame and yeah it, but doing this kind of international events i'm i'm sure there were attract more people who are genuinely interesting but just scared of um the language to come yeah exactly maybe it can be adapted in a way where there's still some kind of like bilingual elements where some of the words are kept but then some of them are changed yeah yeah and the senior actors doing those you know plays on stage is totally different from just reading the play yeah absolutely Exciting things are happening. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> um, so what are the next steps for you? I know you have, like we've spoken about, the interest in writing and directing, but mm. um, and I really loved the genre that you um, explored at the Kiln Theatre, but is there anything else that you would be interested in working on in the future? I would... Oh, that's such a good question. And I'm moving into third year. I need to start to think about those kind of questions. <laughs> um, I definitely want to create my own work. Um, I've, 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 uh, so for the course, uh, we've already made two short films, and uh, which is a really amazing experience. And I, I think, I think. I think yeah, because of the pandemic, we 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 sort of need to rely on film more than you know in person theater, and that kind of made me really interested in the film industry now. Um, but theater, I'm, I'm I'm still very interested in theater, but I think I will I will consider to do some film directing or filmmaking stuff in the future too. And of course, writing. <laughs> there are so many things I want to do. <laughs> well, this is the best time to explore, especially when you're at Central, because like we said, like you said earlier as well, there's so many fantastic opportunities that come up. Even when I was studying there, I wish I could have applied for more placements and some of the activities because some of the opportunities were incredible. Mm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are still many opportunities out there we can find, even we'll graduate, even after we graduate from Central. Yeah, I can hear your cat. So cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is very chatty. <laughs> oh, bless. We're gonna speak, we're gonna speak about him in a little while. Um, <laughs> but did you know the pandemic really affect you? No, I'm, you know, I'm gonna take that question out because we've just gone over that. Um, but would you ever consider writing or directing in Beijing in the future? I'd be interested to know because I know you spoke about, you know, it being very competitive and that there are lots of people. But I guess 
you know, now that you've studied in the UK and you have developed different skills in acting and writing, would you ever consider doing anything again back home? Yes, yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> Definitely. Because I feel, I feel so uh, speaking English or writing in English or doing anything in English feels really different from doing everything in Mandarin in my mm. uh, native language. Um, I just, I've, I, I am so, I have never, I actually have never read, written anything in Mandarin or, you know, performed in Mandarin before. So my parents has never seen my work. Um, I, and I, I also think I, I, I can bring back some skills yeah. back to China and, you know, to, to help with the, the, the theater or film industry in China. Um, and just doing, trying to do things in, in my native language, I feel it will be a totally, completely different experience for me as well. And the most important thing is I can finally show some of my work to my family. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'd love to one day go back to Beijing to either uh, to do acting or directing or writing. Yeah, if I have the opportunities, I would definitely Amazing. do Amazing. Well, yes, please keep keep us updated. I would love to I would love to hear about your journey. And yeah, I would be so happy to hear that you're finally able to to share some things with your family as well. That would be such a a wholesome and, and proud moment, I think, for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you have any role models or someone you would really like to follow in the footsteps of in terms of maybe a writer? or director or even an actor um i i actually i i do admire lots of people in the um in this industry yeah. but i think in terms of a role model uh i my role model i do have one but it's, he he's not an actor or um a director he's he's an athlete he's oh. a figure skating athlete is a japanese oh. figure. I know it's not really weird, but okay. hear me, <laughs> hear me explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so okay, this 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 very good athlete called Uzuru Hanyu, and he's a Japanese figure skating um, athlete. And the reason why I think he's my role model is because he's really, you know, athlete. They all have this kind of. Um, belief or like a very strong um sense of duty mm. I don't know like it's quite spiritual yeah for them as well you know to keep going to keep challenging themselves even when they're the the best already in the whole world they still have the ability and energy and the mental power to push themselves forward to, to challenge themselves to always reach there's n- there's no best there's always better 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 yeah yeah and uh, it feels like nothing can stop them mm-hmm. and and for athletes as well when they are in the in the in the when when they're about to start a match um there's a huge pressure everyone's watching them mm-hmm. and everyone's trying to like hoping that they can do their best that's 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 a huge pressure on them and they still can perform very well under pressure which is makes me feel like wow, mm-hmm. wow, wow! I wish I had I had that. 
I know. I have a big respect for athletes as well. Um, I just think they're amazing. I especially have a big respect for um, the Paralympics. Mm -hmm. I just think, wow, how incredible, how incredible that, you know, that first of all, there's a platform for for disabled athletes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the fact that you can compete and you're just, wow, amazing. Like I... I think, wow, I don't even know if I could do that as an able-bodied person, you know? <laughs> I just think it's so incredible and there's so much strength. And yeah, I yeah, I, I completely understand. They're almost like kind of in a way like godlike figures, like you're just yeah. incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's honest so beautiful to see and make yourself as a human being so proud to see mm-hmm. how human can can achieve. Oh, absolutely really amazing so let's <laughs> move on to our favorite part of the show which is pets but most specifically cats because I can hear that your cat is desperate to be on this podcast I know he is, he is <laughs> desperate for attention <laughs> he's so cute he is I love Bengal cats actually a Bengal cat is the face of my business Chatty Cats Care um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, because Ollie is one of the cats that we look after. He's a Bengal cat. Mm-hmm. He is so chatty, just like your cat. So that's what made me think of the name Chatty Cats. And then I thought, oh, care. So uh-huh. it all came from the inspiration of a Bengal cat. It's so cat. <laughs> nice to have one on the show again. Um, <laughs> but yes, please tell us about your life and journey with pets so far. Um, so I always wanted a cat and um, I had a cat at home. Uh, it's a British short hair. I only got it. He's only two years old. And so I only got here like about two years ago. And my parents always have this thing that oh, I can't get a cat. They smell is it smelly, stinky? They poo and they <laughs> they poo everywhere. And and everyone lives in in flat in Beijing, so there's not like outdoor space for for the cats to run around. And so it would be more painful if you have a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always think, oh, cats. Oh come on cats can do indoor and you know they, they don't really need a very huge outdoor space yeah and um, um um yeah and I just I sort of like forced my mom to <laughs> I just got a British short hair and I, I I took him home and my mom was like okay you look after him that's your cat not my cat not my business and then a day later, not even 24 hours later, my mom is all over the place for <laughs> oh. the British show. And my mom is like, oh, do you see, is he hungry? Does he need some, some oh. meat? Does he, does he have enough food to eat? Where is him? Oh. <laughs> I knew that would happen to my mom. Honestly, he brought so much joy to, to, to my family, especially my mom. Um, my mom cares about him more than he cares about me now. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, and then I came to the UK and I started to, um, uh, uh, so last year, September, I started to move in with my um, uh, my partner and we have a little space now. And this this flat, the uh, the landlady allowed us to have cat. And I was we're like, yeah, let's get a cat. Um yeah, and that's how we get Leo. Oh, 
<laughs> so sweet. I love the photos that you sent me um, of Leo. He's really yeah. Um, yeah, so what is it like in, in, in Beijing with cats? Because you said, you know, a lot of people, you know, live in flats and apartments and yeah, maybe yeah. they don't want cats in their home. But, but yeah, what is it like? Is there a lot of cats? I think they are... They- there are lots of cats. They are, um, you know, the online streaming uh, platforms are quite popular in China as well. So uh-huh. the people who who have the needs of like having having a pet but can't have the pet, they were they were just watching other people's pets <laughs> online. Yeah. But there, I definitely think there are more and more people getting cats um, in 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 Beijing, um, and. It's just, it's just, it's the cats are so easy to look after, and they're so, they like it, so clean as well. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, there, there are definitely lots of people living in flat, but that doesn't stop them from getting cats. Yeah. It probably stop some people from getting a dog, but mm-hmm. not cats. Yeah. Oh, that's good to hear. Um, yeah, but I'd love to know about more, a little bit more about your cats as well. So mm-hmm. I'd love to know about your British blue back. And what is, what's um, his or her name? <laughs> so it's a he. And um, his name is, is, is Little Five. So I translate directly from Mandarin. Aww. It's because I have a, <laughs> I know it's so cute. And he, he, he's a fifth member of my family that's why we call him little five and I have a younger brother um yeah and that's why and he's he's such a he's a very chill cat he doesn't it didn't take him very long to get used to um to my home and he just he just like very laid back he was like yeah I'm here now ready to start my new life and he there was there was an accident happened to him and uh, so I think so when he was around eight months old, um, he accidentally swallowed a very big magnet. Oh. So like a very, you know, this magnet, the really, I, I, I didn't know how it happened, but it happened. And then we bring him to the vet and uh, he had the operation to get it out. Yeah, but he still, he's so chill. Yeah, British blues are very um, relaxed. They have a very relaxed temperament. Yeah. They, yeah, they just like to chill out and hang out. They like attention. They definitely love company as well. Yeah, they do, yeah. Yeah, sweet. And Leo, so you got Leo, did you get him from when he was a kitten? Yes, we got him when he was two months old. Ah, nice. Yeah. And what's his personality like? He's so different from Little Fat. He just, he never shuts up. Oh, no. <laughs> the whole journey home, we, 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 we got him from, from East London and we lived yeah. around essentially, so North, North West okay. London. The whole journey, he would just never shut up. He just, <laughs> like, me and my partner were like, oh, jeez, it feels like we're murdering this cat. Really? <laughs> yeah. He's so small and he's he can meow so loudly. Don't yeah. know where he gets his energy from. And then he, <laughs> he 
he got used to the new environment quite quickly as well. And uh, yeah, like a few hours later, he will be jumping around, start to play, and start to eat, start to like uh, trying to get near you. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he it feels like he 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 has infinity amount of energy. Oh. He just running all around in the house and just you know and start whenever. <laughs> At the most inconvenient time, he will start to mail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that about him. Yeah, no, Rishi, I'm glad he, he did his little meows on the podcast as well. So yeah. you can hear him <laughs> in. Um, but if you could, for example, ever write a play about cats, what mm-hmm. do you think it would be about? I think <laughs> I... Okay. Okay. So I think all I think I want all my work to be to be to make people think like like Brock's place. So I think I probably will will focus about about stray cats, like make a play and and from the point of view of a stray cat, or or like from or if it's about Leo, then I wanted to focus on how lonely he might be when when you know when we're not home or like maybe mm. he has a, he has some needs but he can't he can't communicate like 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 people who can't speak like how how yes. how difficult it is to for him to make us to be aware what he wants and what he he, he wants to tell us yeah. yeah that's yeah that's a general ideas wow that would be really interesting so not all sweet and nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. no, I like that. It, it makes, yeah, like you said, it really makes you think. And cats are very good at communicating to us anyway. And they have different yeah. meows. There's different types of meows for different things they want. And I think they're actually so good at observing us as humans and understanding our behavior. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah interesting interesting okay I, think, I didn't realize that but my partner realized that whenever I cry and or I like uh, very distressed yeah Leo will be very you know very he won't he will be around me but he doesn't know what to do he will be very distressed as well really I didn't realize that but my my, my, my partner was talking to me talking to me about it yeah. I was like wow how how did he know he has such a little brain how did he even <laughs> realize all these things yeah he loves you and he's probably thinking oh no why is my mommy upset yeah oh so yeah so cute what has um being a cat owner taught you about yourself um <laughs> i think <laughs> i think he really so having leo is like having a child Mm. Because I, I, you know, I did say like cats are really easy to look after. They're so and they're so clean. But still, you still need to pay a lot of like mental energy to them, and you you, you do feel Leo definitely made me feel like a, a parent. Yeah, and uh, it it definitely made me think like okay, okay, for for the next twenty years of my life, I will be with Leo. Mm-hmm. And I will need to, you know, not only be able to look after myself, I need to look after him as well. Yeah. Um, is it feels like it definitely make me feel like I'm a proper grown up. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'm not. It's you know, uh, but yeah, it definitely make me feel like I'm. I I need to be more responsible. Yes. Uh, 
like and you know cats benefit from a, a, a routine mm-hmm. so you know i need to, it means i need to have a routine in myself as well exactly. um yeah um and 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 sometimes when you know leo is so energetic and so chatty and sometimes yeah. when i'm really tired and really stressed i really can't um i found myself can't stand him yeah I just feel like, oh, why are you ignoring so 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 much? This is so frustrating. And then I think also dealing with that aspect, that like negative aspect of having a cat, make mm-hmm. me feel like, okay, I need to be good at it with my emotional control. You know, yeah. he he doesn't know that. He he is a child. He doesn't exactly. You know, it's not his fault. It's my fault for you know. I need to be 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 more mature with my emotional regulations. When he mouths, he probably just wants food and wants comfort, wants to play. That and is such a good answer. No one's ever said that before, but it's so reflective. And you're so right. Like, you have <laughs> those moments sometimes when you're just like, oh, I just want to relax. And the cat is just meowing or they're trying to get your attention and you, you really don't feel like you're in that space to be able to give it to them. And yeah. it really does make you you know, self-reflect. So yeah, no, thank you for sharing the answer because yeah, no one's ever said that before. So yeah, really interesting. Oh, thank you for telling me that. I always feel like I'm probably not a good enough parent for Leo. Because no. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I do. And I also think, you know, because I did developmental psychology as well, mm-hmm. you know, being a parent, being a parent is, is, is there's a lot of, um, knowledge you need to have to be a good parent for your for your children yeah it's not like oh I give birth to my children I give them food I give them a home then that's 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 the bare minimum you can give to your child there's also lots of um, mental things you need to do yeah. for to 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 give your child a healthy um, environment to live absolutely same, similar with cats as well yeah, yeah, you have to you have to put those things in place and and make sure that they're getting enrichment, you know, not only um, physically by playing yeah. mental um, um, attention and enrichment as well um, by giving them things. Especially Bengal Bengal cats are so intelligent. Like yeah. I've noticed that about that particular breed, that they are very in tune with us as humans and very intelligent in some of the things that they do. I just noticed that from observing some Bengal cats that I've looked after before. But yeah, they yeah. really are. They are. They're so we when we <laughs> just it happened recently when we um so we started to feed him, uh, give him a little treat before bed, yeah. and. Um, and then we'll we'll close the the lunch door. So we keep him in the lounge during 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 nighttime. And then we'll close the lunch door after we give the uh, the treat to him. And and he he and now he's like, okay, I want the treat, but I don't want to be locked in the lounge. Mm-hmm. And he will grab the treat and run out of the door before we <laughs> even close the door. There's so many things, small things like this. You can just tell, like, oh my gosh, you are so smart. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Um, and like you said, you know, he came up to you when you were, you know, feeling sad and he really acknowledged yeah. that about you. So I'm guessing that he's had such an influence on your own well-being as well. 
Yeah, he is. Yeah. And I it, it, it sort of opened me up as well because I whenever I'm 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 very sad, I would just be I'll find a corner of the room. I was just like, no one, no one come near me. No mm-hmm. one come near me. I, um, but but knowing that when I'm sad, I will make him upset, kind of make me feel like, okay, okay, come on, Marian, you need to grow up now. You, you can't be, you can't be like this forever. You know, you need to, <laughs> you still have a child to look after and he's worried about you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so sweet. Thank you for sharing all of this. This is really, really interesting. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'd love to. Um, but lastly, if the listeners want to find, find out more about you um, and your accounts online, where can they find you? Ah, they uh, <laughs> they can find things. I'll post lots of things on Instagram about my work mm-hmm. and about Leo as well. Uh, so they can find me on Instagram. Yeah, what's your handle? Um, it's Marion Lee and then L-M-Y. L-M-Y is, is my Chinese name. It's okay. the um, short version of my Chinese name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so, Thank so much you. for talking to me today. It's been such an interesting conversation. I've really enjoyed it and I love I'd love to talk with a fellow, you know, creative again. It feels so nice, especially during the pandemic when lots of theatres and everything's been closed. It's so refreshing to hear that you're you're doing lots of stuff. So um, keep it up and, and you're doing such fantastic work. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. We have some amazing guests on the show who share such invaluable advice, stories and inspiration. Can you do me a favour? If you like this podcast, please could you rate, review and subscribe. This will help us reach people who can benefit from listening. Another way you could help is if you could tell a friend who you think might enjoy this podcast too. See you next week. Goodbye.